Hey, welcome to Smart, Fabulous and Single. Today, I'll be doing a recap of what we've discussed so far this week. I'll also share what I think about it from a biblical perspective. So, stick around for today's episode and if you have any questions, email me at pod at sfswoman.com. Welcome back to the Smart, Fabulous and Single podcast. I am your host, Trisha Ann. It is such a beautiful afternoon in Kingston, Jamaica. It is raining and more importantly, it is cool. And it just got me to think about, you know, this week's series on breakups, separation and divorce. This episode is all wrapped up where I give a recap, a very quick recap, weaving in my own thoughts and the biblical perspective. In the chat room, I had Carol and Shelly and both go to my church, beautiful young women, um, young my age and younger. I'm 45 and like me, they've both been married and are now divorced. And they're divorced because of the abuse they endured in their relationships. Now, listen, breakup, separation and divorce don't just happen because of abuse, right? It just so happens that um, their reasons are based on abuse, quite like mine. However, when we speak to our expert, uh, Pastor Percival Palmer, who is also from Fellowship Tabernacle, a marriage counselor for many, many years, for decades, he shows us too that there's more to it, you know. Um, it's not just the person who lacks the self-control and therefore is abusive. But let's go back to Shelley and Carol in the chat room. We did it over two days. Next week, we're going to do some more interviews around the same topic. Um, but let's talk about what we've learned so far this week and my own thoughts around it. You know, listening to Carol and Shelley, it was so easy for me to put myself in that space because I was there. So I understand and appreciate some of the concerns, the challenges, the hurts, the devastation, the trauma that they went through. In particular, the fact that there was just this breakdown in their relationship. Um, and that's what breakups, separation and divorce are all about. It's a breakdown in the relationship. This relationship that you hope will be fruitful and multiply instead of doing so becomes uncomfortable, toxic even. Um, it doesn't produce what it was meant to produce. And from God's perspective, it should produce marriage. So here it is, Carol and Shelley, both um, young women starting out life early, starting out marriage early. This person is their, the first person that they're, they're with, unlike me, by the way, <laughs> also unlike me. But they, they, you know, started early, did premarital counseling, maybe uh, as, as Shelley explained, perhaps not enough. But in their minds, they're going into this thing for the long haul, for the happily ever after, for the till death do us part. And I think many of us do that. We go into marriage for the till death do us part. And they went into it. It started out okay. And then somewhere along the line, the relationship breaks down. For Shelley, it was, he became physically, verbally abusive unto death, meaning he almost killed her. Now, 
I say to people all the time, there are always red flags. The question though is, do we know what we're looking for? Because the reality is, there are persons who will play power games with us and we don't recognize the red flags. There are persons who are manipulative and so we don't recognize the red flags. And for Shelley, that was a part of the problem. You know, you're naive. You don't necessarily know. Or maybe you're strong and you're, you were like me where I, I knew the streets. I, I, I'd been there and done that. But there were some issues, you know, that blurred my eyesight. Issues that blurred my reality. Issues that caused me to say that phrase, um, love is blind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so here it is. She's naive. She has her own insecurities. She's in this marriage and it becomes very physical. And I think one of the things that came out in the discussion with Carol and Shelley that we must remember is that, and I, and it's such a critical point, is that things that are in the dark, if we do not bring them into the light, Meaning, if we feel shame and guilt and we don't push to share with others, persons who are godly counsel, that's going to just be a, a downward spiral for us. So here it is, she Shelley had the opportunity to share, but she just, yes, there's a place where we're not ready, but there was a place for her where it was beyond not being ready. She decided that everybody, everybody was just criticizing her, mocking her, looking at her sideways because of what she was going through. Would you believe I spoke to Shelly just today? I mean, just before I started to record this. And she calls me and she says, there are so many persons who have reached out and said, you know, I figured something was wrong, but I wasn't sure what it was because you were always smiling. And I figured that, you know, I needed to reach out to you, but I didn't know how or, or I wanted to, but... What it says to me is, is that we have to, like the scripture says, allow the light to come in. Not everybody's going to be on your side. Okay, fine. No problem. We have to. We have to allow the light to come in because that is where the help is going to come from. So Shelly had to run. She pretty much had to run. Like, you know, those scenes in a movie where the woman packs everything. She runs and she hides and nobody knows where she is. He doesn't know. He doesn't. He no longer has access to her. He can't find her. That is what she had to do. And that's the reality sometimes in abusive relationships. But again, for me, the critical thing was all the emotions that we go through show us, point to us, some of our insecurities and some of our doubts and some of our challenges. And although this is hard, although this is heart-wrenching there's something that i have learned and i love the fact that i got that confirmation from shelly and carol that there is a purpose in the pain and although it was hard although it was traumatic toxic i mean so difficult there was a lot to learn from it about myself for shelly she had a lot to learn about herself for Carol. She had a lot to learn about herself. 
and it's interesting because um very often we spend a lot of time focusing on the individual that has hurt us but not on how you know the word of god says that he will turn around all things for the good of those who love him we don't focus on the opportunity for the turnaround very often we focus on the fact that we are in this situation and of course there's a period of time where we that's what we're gonna do because we're hurting so much but i would want to say there has to come a time where we start to think about the fact that he will turn it around and this is why i am doing this podcast today this is why i'm a coach a consultant uh, all these different things an author all of these different things because i saw almost the gift in my pain and i i ran with it and i said okay god you've given this to me because you say you turn around all things for the good of those who love you let me run with it and not stay bogged down in my pain and frustration and so on you know again i recognize that everybody is we're each at different places so what i am able to do in two years or less than two years somebody else may take five but again we have to be very careful that we don't stay too long in it yes we need time and we need time to go through the process of yes we need time to go through the process of healing deliverance and getting to know ourselves but at the same time we have to be careful not to stay too long because the longer we stay is the longer it hurts would you believe that the longer we stay is the longer it hurts so there was something that carol said that really struck me and i'm gonna admit here what well, i said it in the episode but i don't know if if you you really got what i was saying i was so choked up when carol spoke about not have no longer having a status or an address right because it was how i felt at the time but more importantly because it saddens me to think that this is what we go through where we feel like we've lost ourselves when if we really understood who we are and whose we are we would recognize that even when we've lost someone be it a child or parents um, a husband and so on yes of course we have to grieve but even so we are gods his masterpiece and so we have an identity outside of any other individual or identities in Christ and that's what helped me to recover pretty quickly because I was like but the Bible says I am the head and not the tail above and not beneath a masterpiece and I mean I was just looking at all of these different verses these promises I mean these identity markers these things that tell me listen girl yeah the man hurt you yeah him won't kill you yeah this yeah that but do you know who you are because your identity is in christ and in christ is protection provision um his presence his glory his goodness his purpose his promises i mean when i learned that oh my gosh man my life changed completely i was willing to go through that life restoring journey to get me to the place where i was like okay i'm ready for the world you know and so on the one hand it hurt me to know that carol am 
went through that and that's how she felt at the time and then of course it brought me back to how I felt at the time more so not because I was reminded of the pain but because I was like wow I was not able to articulate it but that's exactly how I felt anyway most importantly it was more about the fact that wow we do not know who we are and so after going through a grieving process we ought to come to a place where we start to 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 fall back on who we truly are as women of god you know but very often we don't and that's the part that really saddened me you know that's the part because we're not taking advantage of that i remember once pastor damian cole one of the pastors in my church he was preaching and he said something and it, it's interesting, my pastor, Pastor Al has always said it, but when Pastor Damian Cole said it, it struck something with me, you know. He says, there is a system. God has given us a system. The problem is we don't work the system. And so for me, it is, I have an identity in Christ. I need to work that to be the best I can be, regardless of the traumas and the disappointments and the failures, because what's inside of me is far greater than my circumstances weaknesses and fears far greater than my failures and disappointments far greater far far greater and what is inside of me the holy spirit what is inside of me gifts and talents and abilities that he's given me what is inside of me my memories of things that i have learned over the years you know so i I mean come on stop at the holy spirit all the other things come out of him come out of just being created and so you know that's what i stand on what's inside of me is far greater than my circumstances weaknesses fears failures hurts disappointments and so on that's what i want to see us as women and listening into the truth is every single person in christ should fall back on that reality no matter the situation we have faced so for me the big conversation to be had was around what carol said you know this thing about her status and not having an address because the reality is you know what when we know who we are and we we are really truly dependent on god as our source we know that he will never leave us nor forsake us you know unless we are uh, uh, the only way i can see where we would be out on our own is if we choose to 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 do some stuff that god wouldn't want us to do you know what i mean and again that all comes back to identity knowing these things about who we are whose we are and therefore the advantages that we have and then after the chat room came ask the expert with pastor percival palmer or elder percival palmer um he's both an elder and a pastor in my church and he's uh, married for 26 years. He has three beautiful children. He's a marriage counselor. He's worked with um, in premarital for, for decades. He's worked with married couples who have struggled in their marriages and so on. I found his episode really interesting. And then some of the things were just so enlightening for me, like this matter of you know the conversation around rules no of course by now i understand very well <laughs> that we have to have that conversation around, around rules but when i was married 
and when I was getting married, this girl had no conversation because, you know, um, I was already independent doing my own thing. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to stay the way I am. Not knowing that his expectation was that I'm going to cook and clean and do all of these different things every day, all day, including lecturing and working a nine to nine because pretty much because of where I was within the organization, there was no nine to five. You work until crazy hours. And so we never had a conversation, but it became a real issue. And there was a point in time when I was really ill and the doctor, I eventually found out from the doctor that I could have died. And you know, what was interesting was of a truth, he didn't know. And I didn't know, neither of us knew, but what it showed me was because I was ill, it was a thyroid condition and it would cause me not to sleep in the nights, but sleep in the mornings. And so in the mornings when he's up and he's, you know, expecting breakfast, expecting clothes to be washed, ironed, house to be cleaned. I was sleeping. I would sleep until two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. And he started to tell me I was lazy and he was so upset. And now I can appreciate that because he didn't know that I was ill, that he would be upset. Now, I'm not saying that how he said it was right. It was not a nice thing to say the way he said it. But the, the point, though, is, is that I didn't even know in the first place that these acts of service, which is what Gary Chapman calls it in Love Languages, these acts of service would be so important to him. But they were. You know, and so I, I, it's very interesting to me when Pastor Percy says, um, you know, these conversations of expectations and roles must be had. I also um, really liked when he spoke about the fact that, you know, because remember now he's not coming from an angle of people being abusive, but just the differences and people not honoring the fact that we're all different. You know, one of the things that um, Ron say and Andre said in our um, highs and lows of marriage, you know, by the not so newlyweds um, in those episodes. And so Pastor Percy shared it in a very practical way. The reality that differences can be a problem, but they ought not to be a problem if we recognize that one person's weaknesses or like we like to say in HR, um, area for development is really another person's strength and that person ought to respond to these areas for development and improvement um, by helping rather than beating down, you know? And then he spoke about celebration and I thought, wow, that was really cool, you know? Reminded me that even in our daily lives, we need to celebrate people, not not them because they can't do a thing. If they can't do a thing, if they're weak in a particular area, if there's an area for development, then we have to be reminded that God made that person that way. And so in him making the person that way, um, even if the person is deliberate in sinning or, you know, failing or whatever it is, um, God loves us and he extends his love and his grace to us regardless of the number of times we fail or, or you know, are 
demonstrate this weakness in a blatant way, you know. And so I, I really liked what he said, that we ought to celebrate people's strengths, you know, celebrate people, celebrate them in a mighty way, celebrate them in a big way so that they can. I remember once he said the words that we ought to always share with people um, particularly in a love relationship, in a, in a marital relationship is, I love you, I'm sorry, and I celebrate you. And that I celebrate you may not necessarily be said in those words, but in whatever words will cause the person to feel that way. And of course it requires, in the same way love requires an action, this requires an action too, you know? And really, I'm sorry shouldn't just be words, it should be in terms of an action, you know? But, um, you know, I just wanted to add something here. And it was an interesting conversation that we had with our pastor, Pastor Al, today in the church office. He was talking about the fact that most people don't know how to love. I have found it to be true, even for myself, that in simple situations, we do not show love. And the real place to understand love, the real space for us to come to an understanding of love is in 1 Corinthians 13 48. I remember I studied that. It's in my book, in my book from I Do to I Don't. Um, and I remember in that book I even wrote about it and I had to study it because that's one of the things that helped me to get over my 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 separation, the separation from my husband and just the pain and trauma that I was going through. You know, it because it brought me to a realization that he didn't love me. And then it brought me to a realization that he, I didn't love him. And then it brought me to a place where I started to wonder, did do I even love myself? Does he love himself? You know, we have to begin to examine this idea of loving people because God is love and we want to be like him. We want to be like Jesus. We have to begin to examine ourselves through his lens, which is 1 Corinthians 13, 48 and not our own, not the world's understanding of what love is, not culture's understanding, but what God says love is. Him being love. It's patient, it's kind, it doesn't keep record of wrongs, it's not easily angered, all these different things that it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 48. In fact, why don't I read it for us and close out with it? And then I also want to encourage you, check out the resources, check out the questionnaire that I did, this relationship questionnaire that takes us through 1 Corinthians 1348 in a practical way for us to determine whether or not we're in a love relationship. So 1 Corinthians 1348 says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. 
So whereas everything else passes away, love will not pass away. Love never fails is what verse 8 says, right? I mean, are you this kind of way? Because I am not. I am not always patient. I am not always kind. I don't think that I ever envy, but that's open to discussion with God. I don't boast. I would hope I'm not proud, but again, that's something God and I need to talk about because now I'm examining myself. I try not to dishonor others, but the truth is I probably do. Self-seeking, if you asked me that this morning before that conversation with Pastor Al, I would have said, no, I'm not. But the reality is I probably am. Easily angered, not easily angered, but certainly there are times when I flip the switch. I don't keep records of wrongs. Most times I don't, but the truth is there are times that I do, which means that I'm not always loving people. Does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth? Okay, well, when somebody really pisses me off, can I say that when somebody really upsets me, I start to wonder, and I think sometimes the wondering may take me to a bad place. You know, like, <laughs> I don't really think like, you know, I want something bad to happen to the person, but I don't even start to think about what God says I should do, which is to bless the person. I don't always do that. Most times I'm blessed, but not all the time. And that's the point I'm trying to make. Always protects? No, I don't always protect others. And I'm talking about everybody. I'm not even just now talking about in a relationship or with parents or family members. I'm talking about everybody. Doesn't I don't always protect others. I don't, I don't always trust them. I don't always ensure that I share hope with them. And, you know, it says love always perseveres, which means that everything that is to be done must be done in an unending, naga stop kind of way. I think these are things that we need to look at. Like, how are we really? But that's just me going through it in a very simplistic, quick way. Check out the resort relationship questionnaire because that goes into it in a very detailed kind of way. And you can evaluate how you're being treated by the person that you're supposed to be in a relationship with. And then maybe you can start to think about, okay, am I like that too? How do I treat him, you know, or her if you're a man listening in? And then how do you treat yourself? <laughs> you know, some of those questions, perhaps you could evaluate yourself on just in how you treat yourself. So I've come to the end of my all wrapped up episode, but quick takeaways. Let's start to love ourselves. Um, let's not stay in the place of trauma and, and shame and guilt and hurt. Let's see the opportunity in what we have experienced, not minimizing our pain, but using it for our benefit. You know, what are the lessons that I need to learn and how can I do things differently for next time? Because Again, you don't want to curse yourself and say, oh, I will never. Come on. God is a good God. So he has something good for you, even if you went through something bad. And then, you know, just consider, consider 
okay, what am I going to do to recover? If you listened to episodes 45 and 46, you'll glean from it lessons learned from both Carol and Shelley and how you can recover. And of course, in episode 47 with Pastor Percy, he shares with you the red flags. So listen to the episodes if you haven't. And if you have, remember, the point of this podcast is for us to start to evaluate where we are at so we can do things differently and be successful in life and relationships. Thank you for listening to Smart, Fabulous and Single. If you loved it, please download, subscribe, rate and share it. Then head over to our website at www.sfswoman.com to access show notes and other fantastic bonus content and resources and to sign up as a guest. You can also sign up to continue the conversation in our Facebook group. If you want to share topic ideas, email me at pod at sfswoman.com. Okay, so thanks again and don't forget to join me for new episodes Mondays to Fridays. You can also connect with me on FB and IG at smart, fabulous and single. And remember, what you have on the inside of you is far greater than your circumstances, weaknesses and fears. So you already have everything you need to live life successfully. Mm-hmm.